Hello and welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I'm Arthur Yon, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, and other home service providers, increase their revenue, grow their authority, and help them build a platform of lifetime customers. We believe that every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind from contamination, mold, and indoor-related illnesses, all for less than a dollar a day. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. What is going on, everybody? I hope everybody is doing amazing. This is another episode of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. It's actually episode 22. Um, I'm your host, Arthur Yon, and we are thrilled about the show we've got lined up today. Uh, a lot of fun. We're going to be discussing real estate. We're going to be talking a whole lot of fun things that have to do with the market and the financial market side of things. My guest today who's joining us, he is uh, he's actually in New Jersey. He's got a view of Manhattan that he showed me earlier. Um, he is the president of Home Qualified. He's the vice president of Cardinal Financial. He is Ralph D. Bugnera. Ralph, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. It's good talking to you already. Yeah, it's wonderful talking, man. And I'm real, really grateful to have you on the show. Um, let's, like we always like to do, we want to kind of get to know you and introduce you, get to know your background. Um, you grew up in Brooklyn. Tell us what it was like growing up there. Uh, so I, I grew up in a, like a small Italian neighborhood in Brooklyn. And, and New York City in general is very, um, it's very much like that. It's not small towns, but even the cities have kind of like pockets of diff different ethnicities. So I grew up in a small Italian town. My parents are educators. My father was a teacher and a principal and he's a professor now. And my mother worked in the schools. And um, I've been around New York City my whole life. I went from there to Manhattan um, to now just over the bridge. But I've kind of been in this area the whole my whole life. And uh, most of the real estate life and business I've done has been, I've been in mortgages for about 20 years now, which started on uh, at a Wall Street firm um, in downtown Manhattan. And then I've been buying real estate since about the age of 23. And that, that started also in, in Brooklyn and Staten Island. So my, my life is kind of centered around this for the most part uh, up until recently. And I've spread out a lot more over the last five or six years. But for the most part, I've always been around this area. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And so I guess it, dealing with real estate in that part of the world, uh, there's a lot of a value valuation and and of course you see those increases a lot so but tell us how you got your foot in the door into what you're doing now uh both with cardinal and with um with home qualified yeah um when i graduated school it was the dot-com bubble uh 2001 college i graduated college and there was really i wasn't a great student either so i didn't have a ton of options but most of the options i was getting offered were sales jobs um, so I started uh, selling copiers door to door for Canon in Manhattan, which was pretty brutal. Um, nobody wants to buy copier equipment, really, that, that that like off the street. Like, so you kind of walk door to door. And I had a friend that was working at a mortgage company downtown. And this is right after 9-11. Uh, it's like, I want to say it's four months after 9-11. So it was pretty like desolate down there in general. And he was just like, hey, I'm in a new company, mortgage company down here. I'm doing well. Uh, they're about to go public. Do you, Are you interested in the training program? So I had nothing else really good going on at the moment. So I was like, I'll give it a try. So that's how I got into mortgages. And mortgages from 2001 to 2007 really were great. Um, it was a great place to be. Like, you know, I, I kind of was able to advance very fast because the business expanded. There was more product. There was a lot going on. So I was able to kind of move very, very fast. And 
through that, I bought my first property, um, which was a multifamily property at 23 years old. Um, and multifamily here, and we say multifamily, and it's it's different here sometimes than the rest of the world. Uh, a small multifamily, like one to four families. So I bought a two-family property with my brother, and that was my first kind of dive into real estate. Um, and I was did well until 2008, and then I kind of lost everything, literally, and then started completely over again in 08, 09, um, and rebuilt the mortgage business and rebuilt my real estate portfolio. But it was... I have kind of two lives in this in this world before 2008 and after 2008. Well, and I think that's a you're not alone. That was that was a major time for people that you know kind of hit bottom with the mortgage crisis and everything sure. else. There's a, a big a uh, lot of turmoil turmoil during that time. So um, it's 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 good to hear those comeback stories too, man. Um, I I love hearing those, and it, it's really such a part of a lot of successful people, their stories, you know, the ups and the downs. Um, so follow up on that a little bit more, like what exactly helped you come through that crisis? And, um, how did you start really seeing the success that you've hit today? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you that those were a dark few years for sure, but I learned, you know, I went from, I was a, at the time of the crash in 07, I was a, a senior vice president at Deutsche Bank, which is a public traded Wall Street firm that just completely stopped doing mortgages. So it took me a little while to humble myself. And I went from living in like uh, a penthouse apartment on Wall Street to a studio apartment uh, in Staten Island, which is like an hour out of borough of the city. And it was, you know, I went back to selling loans, back to being a loan, so like back to basics. And it kind of showed me two things like, um, one, you know, a resiliency that I had no choice. So I just went back to work and started digging out again. And two, that this business, real estate or mortgage, you can always find a career. You can always find a career, right? There's always ways to make money. People are always going to buy homes in this country. So it was good. It was a good test for me to kind of just go back to it. But then I just started rebuilding it. And around, I would say 2012, 2011, 2012, I started buying properties again. Uh, it took me a few years to dig out of debt to get back to the place where I could. Uh, and then I started buying properties again and just put a better strategy this time. The first time around, I didn't know anything and um, was probably not uh, humble enough to understand that I didn't know anything because I was just really buying in trends. And the trend I was buying in at that time was it was a really, really market where they were building all over the place, which is completely opposite of what's going on now. Really, we're still in an inventory shortage, but I was buying houses and either selling them really, really quickly for a profit or buying houses pre-construction and selling the contract before it even closed. So when the market crashed, as you know, it really crashed very, very fast. So some of these properties that I bought were worth like 30 cents on the dollar and I was stuck with them. So I just realized when I started buying again that I had the wrong strategy. So I started like back to basics again, right? I bought a, I bought a multifamily property first. Um, that I could collect income on. And then I started slowly really accumulating those again, um, small multifamily or large multifamily first. And then over the last three or four years, I've dove really into the short-term rental market and I started buying a, a significant amount of Airbnb properties. So I would say right now my portfolio is probably 50-50. Um, and then the mortgage business kind of slowly rebuilt uh, and it became a more consistent regular business without kind of these surges, although we had a surge the last couple of years. Uh, and we built it back from between me and my partner um, from about 30 million a month to about 200 million a month uh, in the last like couple of years. And we will we'll still this year will be down for sure, but we'll still do over a billion dollars in mortgage business this year. So it just, you know, I, I learned um, 
this business runs in cycles and you have to prepare for those cycles and just kind of being consistent every single day. But um, it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Um, yeah. Well, and at least, you know, at least, you know, to prepare for that up and down the roller coaster and um, the cycles. And speaking of cycles, that, that was another question I wanted to ask you, because sure. you really have a good insight on things. And I've heard there's, you know, some people are saying that the market's going to kind of level out. Some people are saying home prices are actually going to drop. What do you anticipate is going to happen over the next coming years and months ahead of us? You know, it's always market dependent, but I think overall as a country on average, we are going to see an increase in prices over the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. Because I just think there's such a severe um, shortage of homes for sale still that there is no way to necessarily get to a, um, down prices because there's not enough homes for sale to get to down prices. CoreLogic, which you've probably heard of before, is a um, company I've used for years to kind of assess values on properties. They're, they're like a, a home value expert. They pull data across the country on home values. And I saw that they released a report in March that said they felt, that based off stats nationwide, that the home, the prices had bottomed out as low as they're going to go uh, in March. And they feel like they're on the rise again now. So that kind of confirms what I'm seeing in the market, which is, at least in New York and New Jersey and in, in some areas of Florida where I own a bunch of homes, I'm seeing bidding wars again. Uh, like, you know, pretty regular big bidding wars again, which is a little bit scary, but I, I just don't think, see prices going down right now. I see prices kind of probably go, are going to be level in some markets or up. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, when you touched on specifically your the markets that you're focused on, obviously are very saturated too. Um, yeah. New York, New Jersey, Florida, uh, of course, it, it might not be the same everywhere, uh, but, you know, in the Carolinas, uh, you know, the the West Coast, especially, um, I'm sure that the, that the same is going to be the, the same trend. Yeah. So, um, yeah, appreciate you, know, you touching on that, Ralph. Carolinas I own in, um, in South Carolina and North Carolina, and I know in some of those markets are still building a lot, which is great. That would be the best cure for all this stuff. But it, like you said, it gets saturated. There's only so many places you can build. There's only so much you can build. So I think that if you're in markets where they, they can build, it's our best chance of digging out of some of this. But yeah. it's not like it's not that easy. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that. Um, and another part I want to so you know how we are the home service small business spotlight, sure. and uh, one of the biggest things that you know is kind of either overlooked maybe by people that are not in the industry or maybe the, just they don't think about it, but there's a, there's that relationship between real estate, you know, people that are in real estate, realtors, real estate agents, and then the need for home services. Yeah. Uh, so obviously if you're, you're transferring properties or you're, you've got listed properties and the home needs work done, you've got to have those services done. You've got to probably a lot of, a lot of people that do it frequently have those relationships established but uh, has that harmed you or, or impacted you in a positive and negative way, anything like that lately with all these shortages? And how have you dealt with that? So, you know, it, it did for a while. That was tough, right? It was tough to get materials, mere materials. I feel like that's leveled out a little bit. Um, you know, inflation doesn't help that, right? Because prices are up across the board and everything becomes more expensive. So I, I believe that I believe that it's still an issue, but I think that it's become less of an issue now. Um, you're in a great business. I feel like you're in a great business because I feel, you know, in 2007 and 2008, um, 
as bad as the market was, rent nationwide still was up, right? So, so landlords still needed services. Um, you know, even when there's less home buying, which I don't think is going to be right now, but when there's less home buying, people still need to service their property. So I think the supply chain issues have definitely softened. And I think we're getting, you know, it's become easier again, but inflation really has costs up a lot. And, and that's a sc the scariest part of the economy today right now for me is that um, people got adjusted to a lifestyle, right? When we, we were in an up market, we were in a market with um, PPP and, you know, all this money that was floating around. And as you see, I think what you're seeing from reports is that credit card debt is up. And that's a scary, that's a little bit of the scary part of the market for me, whereas people haven't adjusted their lifestyle to get back to what it really is now. And they're still spending, but now on their credit cards. So I think that could be a, I think long-term, if I'm looking at something that's a problem, I think that may be one of the biggest issues we have is that we're starting to acquire a lot of debt again. Yeah. I, and I, I would have to fully agree with that too, because people are still living. I mean, you've seen uh, airline tickets are still very yeah. high. Um, the, you know, the, even despite the, the issues with flying too, the travel is up. Um, spending seems to be kind of up despite inflation. And you're right. I think a lot of people are either living on credit or they're just tapping into uh, to funds. I mean, we haven't even seen the end of the, um, the forbearances and that kind of thing quite yet. No, right? right. That's so, just coming, right? That's a, good, that's a really good point. A lot of these forgiveness of payments, I think, are just coming due this month or next month. So there's some stuff in the, the economy that, that that definitely makes me a little bit fearful of you know what could happen. But at the same time, I think as far as the real estate mortgage business goes, it's a lot more stable than it was in 0708. This is a completely different market than that was. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, there's some stuff that I think we need to be aware of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, in the business world, if you keep that optimistic attitude, you know, you keep working hard, we get through those, those troublesome times. Right. So, uh, well, and Ralph, let's, let's jump over and let's talk about, you've got a podcast. You mentioned you've got a TV show coming up. Is that right? Yes. Tell us some more yeah. about those. Yeah. So, um, Disruptors Network is really, which is behind me, which is something we really started during um, COVID. Um, we were, you know, we were, what I was basically doing, I was, I was coming on like once a week to, from my office because there was no, nothing really going on to give an update on, on you know, what real estate and mortgage looked like that day because it was just kind of, it was like a, a fluid market where it was like changing. Um, and that turned into a podcast. And from the podcast, we started traveling. What I started doing on the, 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 the weekly meetings is interviewing other people like yourself who, who had insight on the market. So disruptors network was kind of this, was kind of created to. I wanted to interview people who were had had found some success and then were educating other people. So we started to travel around. And we did season one, which is on YouTube, which is called the Disruptors Network. And we we had like six episodes where we interviewed people who were like high level entrepreneurs. It didn't have to just be real estate. Um, who were really creating change, right? They had we interviewed somebody who was a mayor candidate in New York and um, another gentleman by the name of Anthony Lally who had the number one fitness. Um, show on Amazon, he lost like 200 pounds and he was kind of showing people how to do that. So that's kind of how it was created. So we're coming up on season two and season two is going to be somewhat of the same. Um, we have a couple of athletes, former athletes who are now successful business people. Um, one being Chris Gronkowski, who's Rob Gronkowski's brother, um, Charlie Villanueva, who's a former NBA player. Uh, we have a, a, a bunch of other people besides that who are people who kind of Went through similar things that I went to, like really, really um, down times after good times and came back from it. So it, it, we try to keep that theme. I wanted to want it to be educational. I wanted to inspire people. So season two is going to be on all the streaming platforms. Again, Amazon, YouTube, uh, Roku. 
and it's going to also be on direct tv um and this is going to be towards the end of june wow okay that that's something to look forward to right there what what's the name of the that show again is it's, that it's the, called the uh, the disruptors network the Distru- okay I, that's the name of the podcast too right so yeah it's kind of okay okay <laughs> i just wanted to clarify that <laughs> yeah, so it's the disruptors okay. network um yes. going to be streaming on all the platforms that sounds exciting and uh everybody needs to check that out ralph let's i always like to kind of close things out with something fun um and i think i read somewhere that you have maybe you still are a boxer or you've been a boxer before so tell us a little bit about that maybe tell us you know a time where you knock somebody out (laughs) so it's just an average i never turned pro but i've always kind of been an athlete around uh sports and um you know around uh, I don't know what when it was. The 2000, 2003, I walked into a boxing gym in downtown Manhattan just for exercise. Um, and the gentleman there who's actually a, a good character, his name is Martin Snow. And if you go look him up, he is on, I don't watch the show, but he's on the Housewives of New York every year. He's one of the trainers for the for one of the women there. He's always on the show. So he's on Bravo all the time. But he's like a 250-pound, like 6'4". Like, he looks like a Neanderthal. And he's got a worse person accent than I do, but he's a character and I walked in there and I just wanted to exercise. And after about three months, he's like, uh, you're going to fight next week. And I was like, what? Like, he doesn't really like ask you. He kind of tells you. So I started, I started boxing and I, it's really been something that's been a theme throughout my, my life now from then on, I've been doing it for, for over 20 years now and I still do it. Um, and I just need to be active, but, um, I don't know if I have any great knockout stories. I can tell you that I train to fight still, um, and every single time I'm going into a fight, I'm always excited to train. And every single day I, I get to the day of the fight, I'm like, "What the hell am I doing here? Like this is not." The... And then I I go in, it happens, I get out, and I'm thrilled. And then I kind of repeat the process. So I think it keeps me level more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, well, I bet. I mean, it's got to keep you disciplined and keep you focused. So that's sure, yeah. that's great. I mean, is it a great way to stay in shape and? Um, you know, I I uh I definitely should get into some more of that myself. It's been a while, you know. <laughs> I try I to do the, things. I, routine, I just need the routine of it. It keeps me kind of I'm very like I can't sit still. So the routine of that helps me a lot. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, and I appreciate you tapping into that that story, that background for us, Ralph. Um sure. yeah, and once again, you know, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, I want to remind everybody it's called the Disruptors Network. It is his podcast. Uh, they also have the show with season two coming out on Amazon, uh, direct TV, all the platforms. Um, he is the president of home qualified. He's the vice president of Cardinal financial, a uh, lot of good insight. And he very well tapped into the real estate industry. Um, Ralph DeBagnara, uh, appreciate you again, it, man, you, you joining us and being on the show. It's very, very great interview and a very good time talking with you, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you being on. This has been fantastic. Um, look up Mark. Uh, he's are you on LinkedIn? I guess so, uh, Instagram is the best place to get me. My Instagram is debug d i b u g. You know, and I'm pretty active there. I post a ton of real estate content. Um, and I, I it, sometimes it takes me a couple of days, but I respond to messages if you message me there. Wonderful. Okay, so Instagram is the best place to find him. Uh, debug. He's Ralph Debug Nera. Um, wonderful guest. I appreciate again, man, being on the show. Um, and so everybody, this has been another episode of Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Check us out again on the next show. And we appreciate you being here. Have a great week. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. 
If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSP Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.